0: It's good to be here. Uh, last week, Margaret and I were down in the Atlanta area. I was doing a, a, a wedding down there. Wedding, wedding month, yeah. And uh, you know, when I when I when we're away and I don't see you guys for like a week or something, I just feel wrong. I mean, I just feel like, uh, where are they? And uh, which I also feel like that sometimes on Sunday morning anyway but uh, <laughs> whoa <laughs> but that's just a pastor thing that's part of the deal that's part of the job uh, anyway, two things uh, today uh, today and tomorrow uh, be be mindful of uh, praying for Jesse and sister uh, they uh, are going to be um, on Tuesday meeting with the immigration officials and um, about coming back her, here, her being able to come back here. So, uh, just, just remember to pray for them in that. And then this afternoon at 3.30 and next weekend, Friday, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, uh, you have an opportunity to see the one, the marvelous Wonder Eps, Wonder Eps, Wonder Ets upstairs. It's a fun, it's a really fun show. And hopefully you'll be there when, uh, Merlin and Diane are. And hopefully Merlin will sit on the second row on the end uh, anyway, just, just, just saying. You ought to come see the show. It's a lot of fun, especially if you remember, oh, I don't know, Mr. Sandman, um, my boy Lollipop, uh, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, you know, that kind of stuff. It's a, it's, it's a fun show. It's a good evening. So I encourage you to come and do that. Uh, we're actually finishing up the series on, uh, service today. And would you stand with me? Let's read one verse of scripture from Joshua, and we've actually read it recently, but we're going to read it again today. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word and the presence of your spirit. I pray that you would invade our space today, that you would invade our hearts and that you would change our way of thinking and that we would be pliable and allow you to do what you want in our lives. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. We bring the lights down. to England or France You may like to gamble You might like to dance You may be the heavyweight champion of the world You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, indeed You're gonna have to serve somebody Well, it may be Devil, Lord, it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Maybe a rock and roll like plants on and all the states. You're going to have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Serve somebody. Yeah. Just wanted to be sure that you all understood what we were talking about today. What are we talking about today? You're going to have to serve somebody. That's right. Uh, the I when when I first came to the church here, 27 years ago plus now, uh, it, it was a much it was a, it was a very small church. And the uh, I, I remember the first meeting that I had with the board, and I was I was brought up as a tither. I was brought up believing that that's what you do. And not only did I feel like it's what as an individual I should do, I felt like it was what the church should do. Uh, and so I met with the board and said, "We uh, we need to start tithing. We need to we need to tithe to missions. And by missions, I meant uh, ministries outside of this house. Uh, some I know sometimes in in missions budget, uh, some churches include." Uh, you know their uh, their promotions their uh, TV shows and stuff, and i can 't argue with that because that is outreach but but I meant something outside of this house that 's what I was talking about and uh, and I remember one of the board members saying to me, "Yes, sir, pastor, I agree with you. we need to tie to ourselves <laughs> and I, and I understood where he was coming from because um, this was, this is was a this is a generous brother and and i 'm certainly not saying anything against him because I promise you this church would not be here uh, if he and his wife had not been such faithful givers for years during uh, during the time when when it was struggling. Uh, and I said, "Well, wh- no, I'm, I'm talking about giving a tithe of of what comes in uh, outside." And uh, he said, "I agree. Yeah, we need we need to tithe to ourselves." And so we had that conversation, you know, for long enough for me to figure out that we weren't ever going to finish that conversation. And, uh, and I finally said, okay, you know, I, I agree. We're going to do that. We'll tithe to ourselves and we'll give 10% of everything that comes in to somebody else. And so that's what we ended up deciding to do. And that's what we've done as, as a church. Uh, let me just say this about the concept of tithing to yourself. It's not possible. What did that, did I just, It's magic. Okay, let's go back to there. Okay, that's good. Uh, It's not possible to do that. Uh, And and the same token, it's not possible to really serve yourself. You have to serve somebody. You, you, you You have to choose. You have to make a choice. As to as to what you're going to do, everyone agrees that we need to serve. The real question is, whom or whom with a capital W are we actually going to serve? and it's easy to say, "Well, I, I serve the Lord. I'm I'm going to serve the Lord." That's what the people said to Joshua that day. Yeah, right. It's easy to say it. Uh, it's another matter to actually do it. We we think there are many options for who we will serve, but there are really only two, and, and you're not one of them. I'm not one of them. There's really only two. The the Bible defines identifies two essential entities in conflict, and I've already put that up there, but they're the world and, and the kingdom. And um, the delineation between the two gets fuzzy frequently because we try to make the delineation in terms of physical outward things that we see, and that's just not it. It's not. It's not about what you wear. It's not about how you speak. It's not about who you hang out with or where you go. It's about the heart. It, it, it's it's about what's in. It's about what's in there that delineates the two. Uh, other things delineate them, but they but they tend to be more invisible. The world is under the control of the evil one. That's what it says over in First First John five nineteen. We know that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Period. So it's not like you know. Um, Fox uh, News is under God, and and CSNBC News is under the devil. They're both under the devil. Hello. <laughs> Just thought, I, I you know, I'm not even going to say that, and I probably shouldn't have said that, but you needed to hear it. Uh, the kingdom of God is ruled by its king, Christ Jesus. Uh, over in Colossians, it tells us that he's transferred us out of the kingdom of dominion of darkness. There is no kingdom at the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. And the reason there is no kingdom of darkness is because there is no king of darkness. He's not a king. But there is a kingdom of God. As free moral agents, we may think that we can just sit back and let the conflict play out and not be involved, just sit on the sidelines, but that's wrong. Remember remember the, uh, the sermon from a few... Well, actually the sermon that started this series. The essential difference between the world and the kingdom. Do you remember what that was? Okay. If I were giving... Huh? Uh, if, I, if I were giving a, a, a one... Uh, yeah. A one-question quiz, we probably wouldn't do very well. Uh, other-centered versus self-centered. That's, that's the essential difference. Between the two, everything you do leans toward one side or the other. Everything that we do. C.S. Lewis uh, preached a sermon called The Weight of Glory, which is a great title for a sermon. And, and uh, there's a paragraph in that sermon that just rocked my world and has for decades now. And I've shared it before, but it's, it's, it's been a while and you probably weren't listening Uh, so I want to read this paragraph to you. And let me, let me just say this, uh, this is important. Listen to it. I mean, when people read something to me more than a sentence long, I I tend to sort of, you know, go out there. Don't do that. This don't do that. This is important. Okay. And I'm going to try to read it as if it were important. It is a serious thing. To live in a society of possible gods and goddesses. Because God is transforming us into his image. To remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to may one day be a creature. Which if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. Or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet only in a nightmare. One or the other. All day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or the other of these destinies. It doesn't take much of a nudge at the beginning to end up at a very different place with destination. That's parenthetical it is in light of these overwhelming possibilities that we should conduct all our dealings with one another. All friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. But it is immortals with whom we joke, work, Marry, snub, exploit, encourage. Immortal horrors are everlasting splendors. This does not mean that we are to be perpetually solemn. We must play. But our merriment must be of the kind which exists between people who have from the outset taken each other seriously. And who have from the outset Taken the service of the kingdom of God seriously. Something that doesn't just happen on the day that I happen to feel righteous. Or on the day that I happen to feel holy. Or on the day that I happen to feel particularly spiritual. But something that I take seriously every day as being very important for me to engage in. You're in the game, whether you like it or not. Every second of every day, there is no bench. The bench does not exist. The bench is a figment of your imagination. So we're in the game between these two sides. And I want to give you an important truth, first of all, before we go into it. And then I want to quickly uh, outline some, some benefits and some gotchas from the sides. And the important truth is this, and this, I just wrote it in one sentence here. Just because someone claims to serve a particular master doesn't mean it's true. You've probably heard the, uh, the, the saying, if it, uh, if it looks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, if it talks like a duck, it must be a duck. Well, maybe that works with ducks. What about this? It walks like a duck. It quacks like a duck. What if I told you it was a donkey? You didn't see the movie, huh? Okay, what about this? If it looks like a sheep and walks like a sheep and talks like a sheep, what if I told you it was a wolf? What if Christ told you it was a wolf? Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be, don't be those who, who love to pray. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't pray out loud. It doesn't mean you shouldn't pray publicly. But he says, don't be like those who love to pray standing in the spotlight so that others will see them. That's that's what the point is, and like I say, we the the line between the the kingdom and the world has gotten fuzzy because we've turned it into uh, how we dress or or or, or who we hang out with or the places that we go or the or the kinds of 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 words that we use, uh, and and that's what and 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 all those things. I mean, it's you know I I've got nothing against dressing cool. I mean, look at me. And I'm conflicted about that. I mean, to be honest, I mean, you know, there are times when I think, you know, if I wore, if I wore jeans and, you know, just like a nice shirt instead of all this stuff here, I, 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 I might attract, well, we, we've actually got a very cool crowd, but I mean, a younger cool crowd or something. And then I realize uh, my stomach's too big for, for that. <laughs> you know, I, I need, uh, I, I need, I need some, some camouflage here. And then sometimes I think, man, if I wore a three-piece suit, we'd get the power crowd in. Uh, you know, all I—I'm I'm comfortable. Yeah, there you go. But I'm not saying it's not important what you wear. I mean, if it, it brings honor to God, what you do. I'm not saying it's not important the words that you use. I'm not saying that it's not important where you go and who you hang out with. I'm just saying that is not what defines the kingdom as opposed to the world. This is. It's the heart. It's what's on the inside. Jesus said, it's not what goes in that defiles. It's what comes out. That's what, that's what brings defilement. Uh, and Paul says over in Corinthians, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It's not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. And uh, that's one of his favorite tools. That's one of, that's one of his favorite gambits. And we all, we all know about that. I mean, you, you know, you read the papers or... In fact, most of us probably go, yep, I know some of those people. I know some of those, I know some of those, uh, those people who are masquerading. Yeah. I, I, some of them I know well. Some of them I've just read about. Some of them I've just seen on TV. And I, and I, I know that that, that that's what they are. But the thing is, and, and it certainly is an effective means of discrediting the kingdom. Ah. You know, it, it just hurts my heart when people can't come to Christ for the Christians getting in the way. Just, it just hurts my heart, you know, when, 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 when that happens. But, but we have to be careful because we can even deceive ourselves in this. Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles, and do other things that people could see and hear, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Did Jesus really say this? Did he really say many? Surely he meant few. Surely, surely he meant there are only going to be a, a couple of those of, of, of those knuckleheads that will that, that come before him. If he said many... I might I might go fit in that category. Unless I check my own heart. Unless... Did Jesus really say that? Did he really mean it? So you see, it's never a matter of, of you know, owning the right T-shirt. It's never a matter of having the right bumper stickers on your car. In fact, as I was looking up this stuff, and I kind of like that baseball t-shirt, but as I was looking up this stuff, I came across a cartoon that I absolutely loved. Your car is welcome, but you'll have to go down below. When I was a, when I was a, a little kid, um, growing up in my dad's church... You know I, I felt like everybody felt like I was supposed to be a pastor and um because it's, you know it's, it's a small church and everybody knows everybody and and my dad's a pastor and you know and i i I can string two sentences together um and things like that and so uh, but that's not how I'm wired. If I feel like everybody thinks it's supposed to be this, then i'm going to be that that's that's just how it is <clears throat> But there was one thing that, that kind of, that kind of was there. And it's not why I became a pastor. But, but when I was a kid, I used to think, you know, uh, maybe I should be a pastor because all pastors are going to heaven. And that'll guarantee my ticket gets punched. Yeah. That's what I thought. And I was a little kid and I was obviously not very bright because that's not how it works either. You know when you when you get there he doesn't go, "Okay, uh what's your job history? Let's see what it was that you that you've done." No. It's all about the heart. Okay. Benefits and gotchas. First of all, gotchas. We'll start out with the world. And I was thinking about this because Margaret and I uh went to uh a car dealership this week. Uh, we went to look for a car for her. How many of you have ever done that? I mean, not, you know, to look for a car for Margaret, but I mean, <laughs> how many of you have gone to a car dealership to buy a car? Yeah. And on the way there, on the way there, I was, I was, uh, I, I, I guess there must have been something about my manner that caused Margaret, because she hadn't really done that before, that caused Margaret to turn to me and go, are you okay? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, why? You know, and and the truth of the matter, truth, truth of the matter is I was gearing for battle. I mean, you know, yeah. And uh and let's just say I wasn't prepared enough. Uh and, and then and then and, 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 and let's also say that when we that when we left, you know, she looked at me and said, Okay, I understand now. I I know oh you were that I, because the whole the whole situation, the whole deal, the entire experience was about creating confusion and and uh, and, and misdirection and uh, getting a car dealer to give you a straight answer is like getting a politician to give you a straight answer. <laughs> Have you ever heard a politician answer a question? No, you haven't because they don't. You ask a question and they start talking about something else. It's just that simple. That's how the world works. That's how it functions. It's, there's a there's this, there's this shell game going on. So three things about the world. First one is, whatever the world offers you will come to nothing. Will we'll come to absolutely nothing. Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. That's where moth and rust corrupt and thieves break in and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. We, we went shopping for a car because the, we, the, the old one wasn't working well anymore. And, the, and when we ultimately finally do get another car, it's only a matter of time before it won't be satisfactory anymore. That's the way that it works with the things that the world has to offer. 1 John 2.17 says this, The world and its desires pass away. The older I get, the less things mean to me. I've never met an octogenarian who wanted the latest gadget. Now, I'm planning on breaking that (laughs) because I do like gadgets, but the less they mean to me, they don't mean nearly as much as they used to me. Yeah, when when I was a little kid, yeah, stuff. <laughs> That's great, you know. When uh, uh, and then you know, you, we were, when our our child rearing years, yeah, you gotta have. You need some stuff. You got you got all these kids who are, want stuff. But then you get older. There was a uh, <laughs> there was a uh, a comedian who uh, wasn't. Wasn't really a, a godly comedian, and he's gone on to wherever he's gone on right now. I, I hope he ended up coming to the Lord. But uh, uh, he, he, I, I loved his observations of things, and usually they were very uh, uh, quick and pithy. He was saying, I love when, no, he wasn't saying I love. He said, you know, when people come up to you on the street and they, and they hand you a flyer, you know, they hand, they hand you a folder or something, they want you, you know, it's like they're saying, here, you throw this away. And that's kind of the way it is right now with a lot of stuff. It's like, oh, okay, I'll find a place for that somewhere, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Whatever the world offers will come to nothing. Sin for a season. The pleasure of sin is only for a season. And then it turns to dust and ashes. It becomes very difficult. So that's one thing. Second thing about what the world has to offer when it comes to serving them, is God has already given you something more valuable than anything the world has to give. He's already given you something more valuable than that. Jesus told a parable about a man who had a huge harvest. And he said, well, what am I going to do? They haven't created storage units yet that I can rent. I know what I'll do. I'll build bigger barns. I'll build some new barns and bring all this stuff in here. And God said to him, well, your life's going to be required of you tonight. So you really don't need the barns. Who'll get this stuff now? Jesus said, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world? But lose their soul. What can, you, what can you give in exchange for a soul? The psalmist says the ransom for a life is costly. No price is ever enough. God has already given you, placed inside of you, something that is more valuable than everything that the world has to offer put together. And everything. And that's your eternal soul. And then thirdly, in terms of gotchas. The world will not tell it to you straight. The world will lie to you. Jesus uh, spoke of the prince of this world and he said uh, he, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth for there's no truth in him when he lies. He speaks his native language. For he's a liar and the father of lies. Ever been lied to? Doesn't feel very good. That's all the world has to give. This is the straight information. Wages of sin is death. Whatever whatever it appears that the wages are going to be, it's death. And you may tend to say, well, everybody dies, don't they? That's not what that's talking about. It's not talking about the cessation of, of breathing. It's not talking about the, the end of biological life. It's talking about death. It's talking about separation from God. God, separation from Him is separation from all light, all love, all joy, all creativity, all, all, all happiness, all, all of those things. All of those things are qualities that belong to God and emanate from Him. And if you're, connect, if you're disconnected from Him, those things are gone. Uh, There's a reason why uh, we refer to being away from the Lord as being lost. Have you been lost before? I'm not talking about, um, you know, your GPS gave you a wrong turn or something like that. I'm talking about a little child who doesn't know where his mommy and daddy is and is totally freaking out. That's lost. That's, That's separation. And that is the wages of sin. And we begin to sense it, we begin to feel it long before we go to the other side. Because when we, when we are, what is the word I'm trying to use here? I, 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 in, in, engulfed when we're, when, when sin is, when we're dabbling even in sin, you, you feel that separation from God. You come into a place like this, like, like it was this morning, on Sunday morning, you know, and everybody's going, every praise is to our God. And you're kind of going, I want to get out of here. Because <laughs> I sure don't feel that at all. In fact, I'm feeling pretty uncomfortable. Wages of sin is death. Uh, the kingdom, though. In the, in the kingdom, three things about serving God. God serving the kingdom. First one is this. God will take care of you. If you're his servant, he will take care of you. Read this verse with me. You don't have to stand, but read this verse with me. Three verses, actually. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Do you believe that? Be careful. Because this is a 24-7 walking around everyday passage of Scripture. It should be fundamental. And and it's, when you truly do believe this, then it's easy to become a servant of God. I think a lot of the choices that we make to serve the dominion of darkness rather than the kingdom of light are because we don't really believe this. We don't really believe God's got it. We don't really believe he's going to take care of this. We know the verse and we say it and we want to believe it. But when it comes to stepping out, you know, whether it's it's got to do with giving or helping somebody or saying something or going somewhere. when, When it comes to that, we really aren't sure. That he's got us. We really aren't sure. But he does. He does. He he will take care of you. And and then then secondly this. Your your service will always be noticed. Always. When I do funerals. I always go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Because it's. That's. It's great. It talks about the resurrection of the dead. It talks about. Uh, where O oh, death is your sting? where O oh, death is your victory uh, the, the sting of death is sin, the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, He gives us victory through our lord jesus christ i mean it's it 's a powerful, powerful chapter, and it ends up with this verse, and I think it 's fitting that it ends that talking about this life and the end of it. Ends with this verse. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Cannot be in vain. My dad, uh, gee, I don't even know how many years he pastored. I guess. A long time. And uh, up up until the last seven years when he... During which time he was drawing Social Security, and my mom was working. Up until that time, I don't know that there was ever a time that he did not have to have outside employment to support working at the church. Uh, when my mom passed away, they're buried over at uh, uh, Roselawn. Uh, when my mom passed away, the plaque that that he had over that he had made to go over. Uh, where they are now buried side by side, uh, referenced the scripture verse in 2 Corinthians. It says, we are laborers together in Christ. Whew, now, unless you went to one of my dad's churches, you didn't know him. You never heard of him. You might you have known him as the butcher at the grocery store. You might have known him as the as shoe salesman. At the shoe store, but you didn't—you didn't know he was a pastor. There's there's a lot of uh, uh, Barbie's mom for for years and years, uh, serving a real small congregation in an impoverished area, you know. And, and there are many many people like that, and they, you know, nobody nobody knows their name. The only time, you know, their their picture doesn't end up in the paper, or if it does, it isn't good. When it does, and yet. He knew. He knew. We are laborers together in the Lord because he knew nothing you do for the Lord is ever in vain. He sees it all. And I'm not just talking about pastoring a church. I'm I'm talking about every act of service. Every act of praise is to our God and he notices it. Every single time. And then, and then ultimately, the, the kicker, the final reward for those who serve him, the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin may be death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And, and I'm glad that it says the gift of God. Because, you know, if it said the wages of working for God, you, 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 you can work for God, you can work for the kingdom and, and that's great, and you, and you certainly want to do that. But on top of everything, you ever got a bonus? At work, you know, you worked and you got uh, this paycheck and that paycheck and that paycheck and that paycheck, and then at the end you got a, whoa, where did this come from? I wasn't expecting that, you know. Uh, that's what this eternal life thing is. Uh, we're expecting it, cause he, but we have no idea how big this is. We have no idea how great this bonus is. <laughs> That's coming at the end of it. But here's the deal. Let's go back to the verse where we started. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Choose. If you don't make a deliberate choice, then your bent, my bent, everyone's bent, is to serve the world. Only way to escape that is to choose. You're not accidentally going to end up serving God. You're not accidentally going to end up promoting the kingdom. It's something that comes from the heart, from deep inside. And, it, and, and once you choose, you begin to taste and see how, the, how sweet the Lord is. And, and, and it, it can become your passion. But you can only do it today. You can only do it today. When you're, when you're young, you feel like, man, I got so many days left. And, and I, did, I mean, I was invincible when I was young. Uh, and obviously I was, because here I am. But no guarantees none of the young people are guaranteed that they're gonna that they're gonna be here when I'm gone I may be here when you're gone you know when you're old yeah and oh okay Uh, when you're old you know that your days are probably numbered but man you're just so darn set in your ways Yep, well, he can't tell me anything I, hadn't, I don't already know. Uh, choose, and today's the only day you can do it. Because when tomorrow gets here, it'll be today. I'm not trying to put any guilt on anybody. I'm just trying to tell you how to live drenched. Would you stand with me? Those who are going to pray with people come forward at this time. You know, uh, this is this is an act of service in the kingdom, them coming forward to pray with people. But maybe, maybe you aren't down here, but you know, you're, you're probably going to run into somebody this week who's going to say, oh, I got this and that and that going on. And you might want to consider just going, would you let me pray for you? And, you know, we have a tendency to think because the enemy will, will kind of tell us, man, they're going to think you're so weird. But the truth of the matter is, most of the time they're going to say, oh, would you? Oh, that would be so nice. Thank you so much. Just just choose. Just choose. If you need prayer, the altars are open. These these uh, These brothers and sisters are here to let God flow through them do something for you and he will he will if you don't need to come for prayer worship with us and create an atmosphere where someone can be nudged toward that eternal splendor thing that god has for them